welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Well, it's 2020, and I am excited. It's not just a new year. It's a new decade. It's a whole new decade. That means you really get a chance to start over, right? Like a year is like, oh, it was a year, but now it's a decade. A whole new 10 years is before us. Um, And we are starting our 21-day fast today. And before we get in, I'm going to share a few things from the Word today. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our fast just a little bit. Um, People have asked me about fasting, what to fast, how to fast, what does that look like? And listen, in the Bible... Jesus fasted food, right? He ate water, but he fasted food. Uh, and that's because food is important to your life. And Jesus says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come away. I'm going to take these things, and I'm going to spend time praying with God, and God is going to meet my needs. Now, today, in today's day and age, not everybody is able to just not work for three weeks so they don't have to eat, or you, you know, you got other things going on in your life. The point of a fast is to take something in your life that takes up your time, that takes up your thoughts, that takes up your energy, that takes up room in your heart, and to remove that and to replace it with Jesus. Does that make sense? So when you're saying, what do I fast? Here's the question you need to answer. What takes up room in your heart that you need to surrender to Jesus? Now for me and Jen, we're gonna do the Daniel fast. That's where you come along and you eat bread and, not bread, I wish bread. See, (laughs) my mind is already missing bread. (laughs) Yes, I'm on the carbo, the carb diet, the carb fast, um, where you don't eat bread. You eat fruits and nuts and vegetables and you drink water. and it's super delicious. It's just the best thing. It's so great. You all need to do it. That's what we're doing. Uh, But you know, there's some of you here that work physical jobs. You're like, I work a physical job. I can't go without eating. Otherwise, I will collapse when I lift these two by fours or when I'm digging a hole or when I'm doing whatever it is I do. I need physical strength. Okay, that's great. Then you continue to eat. But what you need to do, and I, we are encouraging everybody who calls Hope City Church their home. We are encouraging everybody to fast something. I'm going to say it again, just so you make sure you really know that I really mean it. I'm encouraging you all to fast something, something. Find something in your life that takes up room in your heart and pull it out of there for the next three weeks and see what God will do in your life. And Jen said, talk to your kids about it. We, we sat down with our kids last night and said, okay, what are you fasting, Josiah? What are you fasting, Sydney? What are you expecting God to do in your life? What are you looking for? You know what? As parents, you have a job to train up your child in the way that they should go. So when they're old, the Bible says they won't depart from it. So this fast isn't just for moms and dads and adults. This fast is for everybody. You can all fast something. So find something in your life that you can remove and replace with more of Jesus in your heart and your life. Does that make sense? The app that Jacob was talking about is fantastic. It's a 21-day Bible reading app. Um, Bible reading plan inside version. it's great. What, one of the great things about it is at the end of every day's reading, there's a section that says basically what, it, what stood out to you. And then you get to write that on there, and then everybody who's part of the plan gets to see what is taking place in your life. And they can comment back to you, they can, they can like what you said, and what it does is it helps bring, like Jacob was saying, you get in the middle of fast and sometimes you feel alone. Like this is, why can't I eat food? Where's my bread? I just want to eat a loaf of bread. Uh, it 
it's good to have that community around you, which is why we're doing that, which is why as well that we are having these worship nights. So on Wednesday nights, like Jacob said, from 630 to 730, these prayer times, these worship times, they're going to be very, very loosely structured. We're going to come together and begin to worship God. And what it is is a place where we can gather during the middle of this fast so that we can spend time together and just worship God. And whatever comes out of that, comes out of that. I'm not going to come with 23 points. We're going to pray for that night. We're going to get together and just begin to worship God and see where that hour takes us. So if you're not doing anything on Wednesday nights, please come and join us. It's going to be great. The point of this is to empty ourselves of all of that stuff we've put in there over the last year and begin to fill ourselves back up with Jesus and more of God. Amen? And you know what? I honestly can't think of a better way to start a new month, a new year, and a new decade than saying, I am giving this to you. Last month, December, is all about giving away, giving away, getting presents, going, eating all delicious food everywhere you go and having great meals and great drinks with your friends and great, like, wherever you go, all these things. It's just amazing. And now we hit January, and now we're saying, I'm going to empty myself of all those things and fill myself up with Jesus. So that's what we're doing. So I encourage you to join us with that. So Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to start today. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Today is our Shred It Sunday. And you're like, what is Shred It Sunday? Well, I'll talk about it a little bit at the end. But you'll see note cards all over the place and some pens. We're going to talk about that at the end. Uh, But we're going to start in Luke chapter 4. And I'm going to pray real quick for today's service. And I say, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. Uh, for your words, that you put your words in my heart, my mind, my mouth, that I communicate your thoughts, that I communicate them accurately, and I say them just the way that you want them said. Father, I pray right now that walls and hurts and pains are all falling away in your presence and that you are bringing healing life and restoration to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 13, it says this. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. You're like, Jake, that is a really weird scripture to start on. It is, isn't it? Devil finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. As we step into a new day and a new season and a new decade, there's something that was kind of like knocking at the door of my heart and what stopped knocking. And I want to remind us all of something. And here's what I want to remind us, is that the devil is around trying to tempt you, to cause you to fall, to cause you to fall asleep, to cause you to get complacent in your walk with Jesus. And then when he comes and he does those temptations and he tries to trick you and he tries to make you slip up, When he sees that it's not working, it says he goes away until he finds a better opportunity and he comes back. I want to remind us today that you are in a fight. I don't want to start off a new decade where we forget that that there is good and there is bad. There is right and there is wrong. There is heaven and there is hell. I don't want to forget those things. I don't want to forget that there is somebody who's always falling around, nipping at my heels, hoping that I'll do the wrong thing and that I'll give all this up and walk away from it. And I don't want you to forget that either. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 
Starting in verse 8, it says this. Stay alert! Exclamation point. Look at your neighbor and say, stay alert! Say, wake up! Especially if you're physically asleep right now. Wake up! No sleeping. You can sleep when you go home. He says, stay alert! Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand how and I don't understand why. But I will tell you this. The church in North America seems to have, by and large, forgotten that we have an enemy that is chasing after you. I want you to be aware of that. He does not want you to succeed. He wants you to fall. He wants you to be beaten down. He wants you broken, busted up, hurt, lonely. He wants you wadded up and thrown in the trash like a little baby in a ball so that you sit there doing nothing at all and he is happy as a pig in mud. Watch out your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking, it's like, I'm looking for you, for somebody that he can devour. Devour means like gone, like you got eight, like you are no more, you are destroyed, you are finished. Devour doesn't mean just a little bit. And some of us play around with sin and some of us play around with things that we know we shouldn't have, thinking of always just a little bit. Oh, it's just a little bit of sin. Oh, it's just a little bit wrong. It's not all the way wrong. It's just a little bit wrong. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a little bit wrong. But let me tell you about a little bit wrong. A little bit wrong becomes a little bit wrong, 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 becomes a whole lot of wrong. And one day you wake up and you say, how did my life get like this? How did I end up here? I'm only doing a little bit of wrong. Because your enemy is seeking to devour you. He wants to gobble you up. <laughs> Until you are gone. Do not forget it. Don't get comfortable sitting in that chair. Don't get comfortable coming to church and singing four songs and hearing someone preach and someone getting saved and someone getting set free and then you go home and you go back to your normal life. Don't get comfortable. Can we just say 2020 is gonna be a brand new year, a brand new decade where we believe to see God moving in brand new ways? I love how it says in this verse here, stay alert with the exclamation point. It's like saying, wake up. It's Peter talking. He's like, wake up. Come on. Keep your game face on. Don't get tired. Don't sit down. Don't go sit on the bench. Stay awake. Let's look at another scripture here. John 10, 10. Oh, wait, no, go back. Go back. Yeah, sorry. I didn't finish verse nine. I really like this verse, and here's why. It says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Remember this. 
Everybody else is dealing with the same things that you go through. Isn't it true that the enemy comes to you, the devil comes to you and says this to you? It's just you. Nobody else has those problems. Nobody else feels that way. Nobody else thinks those thoughts. It's just you. You're all by yourself in this. And Peter is saying, don't forget this. You're not alone. Everybody you know is dealing with some kind of issue in some kind of way that you just have to ask about. The devil loves to come along and try and separate you from everybody else. So you feel alone. You feel like it's just me. You feel like I can't talk to anybody. He gets you isolated. He gets you solo by yourself. And you begin to think, this is just me. And I can't talk about it. And that guilt begins to work on you. And that shame begins to work on you. And because you feel so ashamed, you can't say anything to anybody. And what happens? You feel guilty. You feel ashamed. You can't talk to anybody. You start carrying these weights around on you. And suddenly, before you realize it, you are hunched over in a ball from all the weight on top of you all alone because you don't feel like you can say anything to anybody else. But Peter says, don't forget this. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Let's go look at John for a second. John 10.10 10 says this. We're going to read it out of the ESV because I like how it says this. It says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the only reason he comes. He doesn't come for tea. He doesn't come to drop you off a present once in a while. The only reason the devil comes to you, the enemy comes to you, he only comes to steal from you, to kill things in you, and to destroy you. That is the only reason. What I love about this verse is that you can use this verse as a litmus test for your life. You can begin to examine the things that are happening in your life to see where this is coming from. Are things in your life stealing from you? Are they stealing your joy? Are they stealing your pride? Are they stealing your peace? Are they stealing your confidence? Are they killing things inside of you? Are they killing your dreams? Are they killing your hope? Are they killing your vision? Are they killing your desires? Are things inside of you being destroyed, torn apart, ripped apart like an animal has gotten a hold of it and tore its teeth inside of it? If you can look in your life and see things are being stolen, and things are being killed, and things are being destroyed, then guess what? That's not from God. It's from the devil. It's from your enemy. And so many times, for some reason, a lot of us just sit around and go, well, I don't, I don't know. My life is just really poopy. I don't know why. i got so many problems in my life. I just can't get things happening. Nobody's, nobody likes me. I've got no friends. I don't feel good about myself. And I, I'm broke all the time. I'm sick. The doctor says he's never seen anybody as sick as me in his life. And I've got, I got 37 things wrong with me right now. 37. Can you believe that? 37 things wrong with me. The bank's trying to take my house, but I know if I don't leave this house, then they can't kick me out. So I'm just going to stay here forever. Get save on foods to deliver my groceries. I'm a squatter now, but I'm not leaving my house. He comes to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. And that is the only reason that he does that. 
If you can look in your life and you can see in your life fruit of things that line up to stealing and to killing and destroying, then you got to say to yourself, what, is, what have I allowed in my life to let this fruit begin to grow? Because Jesus said, I came to bring life and life more abundantly. An overflow of it, I think the Passion Translation says. Today is our Shred It Sunday. And you'll see these papers around here and pens beside them. And we have a shredding machine on the stage. And that's because the devil's primary tool that he uses to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you is lies. He lies to you. Like 1 Peter 5 said, don't forget this, you're not alone. Because one of the first things the devil does is come to you and says, you're alone. You're by yourself. Nobody else deals with these things. But the truth is, you're not alone. You're not alone. The Bible tells us that we have Jesus, who is constantly before the Father, praying on our behalf, making petition for us, thinking about you, praying for you, going to God for you. We have spiritual family. We have physical family. The devil will come to you and say all kinds of things that are specific to just you. But nobody else knows. Nobody else knows the hurts, the insecurities, the pains, the feelings that you have, the brokenness you deal with. Nobody else knows that thing. But the devil comes and he begins to play on those things. He begins to speak to you. He begins to magnify those things in you until you begin to believe them. And when you believe a lie, well, it begins to consume you. It begins to grow inside of you. Somehow that lie that you grab onto begins to spread into all these different areas of your life. How you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Nobody likes you. That you'll be this way the rest of your life. You're too tall, you're too short, you're too skinny, you're too fat. You're too whatever. All kinds of things. And the enemy brings these lies to you. And you have a choice to either accept it or reject it. So we read these scriptures because I wanted to remind you that there is an enemy after you. That he's chasing you down. But the only tool that he has is lies. Everything that he says to you is fake. It's fake news. It's the original fake news. <laughs> Let's go back to Luke chapter 4 for a second. This is the story of Jesus fasting in the wilderness. It says in verse 1, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He turned from the Jordan River. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2 says this, where he was tempted by the devil, 
for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing all that time and he became very hungry. Verse three says, then the devil said to him. Then the devil said to him, you know, if the devil came and tempted Jesus, you gotta know he's gonna be looking for you too. And it says this, then the devil came to him and said this, if you are the son of God, what's he doing? He's attacking Jesus's identity. If you are the son of God, if you are this, and I love how just the word if is in there. If this is true, if you are God's son, if you are this, if you are that, if you feel this way, if you think, think these thoughts, if you did this or if you did that, then... And that's the way the enemy works in your life. He shows up and he begins to plant seeds of doubt and frustration and confusion and lies. He says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a delicious, warm piece of bread. Now, how bad do you think Jesus would have loved to have a delicious, warm piece of bread? He ain't ate anything in 40 days. You know he's got to be hungry. In fact, didn't verse 1 say he was very hungry? I think it did. Verse 4 says this. But Jesus told him. He said, okay. No, he didn't. Jesus said, I'm almost done my fast and then I'll have some bread. Got one more day left, Satan. I got one more day. Jesus said this to him. And again, you see the great old exclamation point. No! No. No, Satan, no. <laughs> and, and here's what's really great. See, Satan comes along and Satan begins to question the identity of Jesus. If this is true, if you are the son of God, if this is who you really say you are, then you could do this. You could turn this hunk of rock into bread. Which Jesus could have. And side note, how great would it be to have Jesus living in your house growing up? When you went to the pantry and there was nothing to eat except like rocks? Jesus says to him, no. Because the scripture says this. People don't live by bread alone, but by every word of God but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, by what God says, by what God speaks to me, that is where I draw my life. Now here's the important part. Jesus didn't just have some off the cuff, like, well, I don't know, no, I shouldn't do that. I think God would be upset if I turned rocks into bread and ate them. I don't think that's what he wants me to do. No, he quoted the scripture. When the enemy comes to you, you've got to have something that you can stand on in this book right here. If God said this to you, if you really are the healed of the Lord, if, if Jesus really did take your sickness on the cross, then why are you sick? Then why don't you feel good? Why do you got a tummy ache? Why do you got a headache? Why can't you do this or that?
that's when you got to crack this thing open and say, well, I'll tell you, this is what the Bible says. This is what the word of God says. I don't live by human bread. I live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I don't know what your circumstances look like. I don't know what you're going through. But when you find yourself in the middle of those circumstances and the enemy is coming at you, shooting a cross at you, trying to kill you, you've got to know that you know what the word says because this just came out of Jesus' spirit. The Bible says this. Let's go to verse 5. It says, then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Six, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they're mine to give to anybody I please. Verse seven says this, I will give it to you, all to you, if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What's happening? Jesus is quoting the scripture again. This is what the Bible says. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what I want. This is what the Bible says. I'm not going to believe your lies because this is what the Bible says about me. I'm not ugly. The Bible says I was made in the image of God. I'm not sick because the Bible says that by his stripes on the cross, I am healed. So maybe there's symptoms in my body right now, but I know that Jesus Christ paid the price for them. And maybe, maybe I'm walking through this, but I know that he's going to work on my behalf. Maybe I can't pay my bill today, but I know the Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And if he said it, then he's going to do it. So I know that I'm going to trust in God and he's going to meet my needs. What else you got, Satan? I'm encouraging you not to just listen to the lies and plug your ears and say, la, 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 la. Because we all know that when you plug your ears and say, la, 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 you can still hear the person talking to you, can't you? Those words are still, uh, um, me and Jen have been together a long time. And it's been so wonderful, so amazing. And there's been times where we've been playing and joking and Jen's been saying something I didn't want to hear. And I'd be like, no, I can't hear you. And I'll plug my ears. And like, you know, say something. But I do always still hear whatever she's saying. It's usually like, I want you to go paint this wall or paint this room. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to paint. I don't want to paint. I don't like painting. And I'll plug my ears, but I always hear what she's saying. The key isn't just to ignore the lies that the enemy brings to you. The key isn't just to ignore it. Be like, oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You're not even here. I don't even see you. The key is to know what the Bible says about your circumstance. So that when he starts talking to you, you can start talking back to him and say, yeah, but here's what the Bible says. Yeah, but here's what the Bible says. Yeah, but here's what the Bible says. This is what the word of God says. So no matter what I'm dealing with, I don't got to pretend like you're not there and I can't see you and I can't hear you. I can just tell you what the word of God says feel like you should be way more excited about that than I am. (laughs) 
Verse 9 says this. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and again he says to him, if you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he'll order his angels to protect you and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You know what's really interesting here? In case you don't realize this, this isn't Jesus quoting scripture right here. This is the devil quoting scripture to Jesus that he is twisting the context of. You got to pay attention in your life. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. Because he is chasing after you, seeking to devour you, to chew you up and spit you out. You got to know what he's up to. So he's quoting these scriptures from the book of Psalms. And verse 12 says this. Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you shall not test the Lord your God. The enemy's going to come at you. This was all during Jesus' fasting time. I remember during, during our fast last year. Does anybody remember the fast last year? I remember during our fast year, there was some great things that took place. There was some great breakthroughs. There was some great healings. There were some great things. But I remember in the midst of that thing, there was also some turmoil. There was also family dynamics that were taking place. There was also all kinds of things that were going up and down, up and down, up and down. And you got to know when you're in the middle of those things, when the enemy comes to try and stop you in your tracks, because the, the devil doesn't want you pursuing God. He wants you to come to church. He doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't come if you come and sit here and like, be like good little Christians. I'm going to church Sunday. He doesn't care if you show up and sit here and just like, like have a nice little smile on your face. What he, yeah. <laughs> if you want to come to church and be like a good little Christian, you just sit there and listen and leave and do nothing with your life, he's great with that. I don't think he really cares because you're not doing anything useful for the kingdom of God. What he's worried about and what he wants to stop is people that come and are hungry for the presence of God. What he doesn't want is he doesn't want Mike showing up at church and saying, man, my life is a mess. Mike's life's not a mess. I don't know. I'm just using an example. <laughs> He doesn't want Mike saying, my life is totally a mess and I need God to fix it. So Satan, hit the road because I'm going to start seeking God in my life because I know I can't fix it and I know you can't fix it, but I know who can fix it. So I'm going to come to church and I'm going to watch you move in my life. That's what he don't want. And I'm picking, I picked Mike because his purple shirt is staring me in the face. And he's sitting, see, guys, if you sit like kind of by yourself, you kind of stand out. You're easy, you're easy targets. You're like, Jill, you're next. <laughs> you're not next. Don't worry. I would never pick on you, Jill. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. I'm done ranting at you. And I hope you don't think it was me ranting at you, but I hope what you hear is a passionate plea for us to remember that we are in a fight, 
that there is an enemy that is after you who is seeking to devour you. He wants to finish you. He wants to end you. And the way that he does that is by bringing lies to you. That he is hoping beyond all hopes that you will grab on those lies, that he'll say just the right thing to Tyler, that hits him just the right way. And Tyler finally says, oh, you're right, that is true. And that lie finds a home in your heart and it begins to spread and it begins to grow inside of you, causing you to believe the lie. That's what he's after. What God wants is you to come along and say, I reject that lie. He doesn't want you to pretend like that, that, that the enemy isn't there. He doesn't want you to ignore it. He doesn't want you to say, la, 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 I can't hear you. What he wants you to say is what he has said about you. Did you hear what I said? What he wants you to say is what he has said about you and what he continues to say about you. That's what he's after. So you see these cards around this place. There's pens there. If you don't have a pen, there's cards up here. There's pens, cards, cards. There's cards right there, like over there, behind you guys, behind John. There's cards right behind him, I think. And here's what I want you to do. Last year, what we had you do was we took a few moments and you wrote down the lies that the enemy has tried to bring to you. The things that you have believed, the things that you have embraced. And then we brought it up here and we, as an, as a, an active declaration, we shredded those lies. Because God is bigger than those lies, amen? I wanna do that again today, but I want you to take two cards. two cards and one of them you're going to shred and one of them I want you to keep and on the one you keep here's what I want you to do on the one card I want you to write down the things that the enemy has brought to you the things the enemy has tried to put inside of your life, the lies that he's brought, the chains that he's wrapped around you, the addictions, the hurts, the, all those things that maybe are wrapping themselves around you that are trying to keep you locked up and locked down. And I want you to write that thing down and I want you to jam that thing down the shredder and say, not today, Satan. I'm gonna begin to say what God says about me. And on the second card, I want you to write down what God says about you. So whatever that lie is that, that, that the enemy tries to bring to you, you're never gonna be good enough. Nobody's ever gonna love you. You're a mess. You're a piece of trash. You're the worst human that was ever created. You were a mistake. Nobody's gonna love you. Whatever those lies are that the enemy is bringing to you, I want you to find a scripture about what God says about you. And I want you to write it down on that card. And I want you to put that card somewhere that you can see all the time. Whether it's you stuff it in your Bible, whether it's whether you stick it on your bathroom mirror, whether you stick it on your steering wheel with some tape so every time you get in your car, that scripture is staring you in the face. But I want you to see who God sees you as. I want you to read 
the verses where it talks about this is what God says about me. This is how Jesus sees me. This is how he sees my circumstances. It's not the end of the road. It's just the beginning of the road. We're not stopping here. We're moving forward. I'm not going to believe this lie. I'm going to believe the truth. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.